This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 1926, a businessman in the state of West Virginia purchased land on which he soon constructed an amusement park. But over the years, there were six reported deaths that occurred at the park. Thus began a tale of tragedy, both past and present, surrounding the land. Today, we learn about the haunting of Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force. It is Monday, and that means I've got another mystery for you. We talk about all the unsolved stuff, our bread and butter, internet mysteries, but of course, we talk about haunted locations, we talk about cryptids, we talk about UFO sightings and aliens and conspiracies and true crime, another large chunk of our portfolio, but today we are talking about a haunting. I'm your resident mystery enthusiast, Trevor Collins, and joining me as he reacts, hearing this for the very first time, Alfredo Diaz. Yo. What's what's up? Oh, not much. <laughs> How about you? Um, chilling. Uh, oh. <laughs> here we are yet again. Another Monday. Mm-hmm. Another mystery. You know, you started just ripping off a bunch of stuff that we've covered, and they made me realize tear. that yeah, rip and tear. Uh, it made me realize that there are things I've talked about, and then they become future episodes because they go, oh, maybe we talk about... Oh, yeah, the like D- Atlantis. Yeah, like Atlantis. And I'm like, yeah, this is an episode. And then eventually, like, Atlantis episode. I go, whoa, yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sippy cup. Fill it. Fill that Fill my knowledge cup. cup. It's on the way. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it should be here. So, I mean, weeks out, right? We have a whole live stream event around it. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Why do we have a point. sippy cup? Here's the thing. I don't know the date for this thing. Christian might know. But we want to sell the sippy cup of knowledge. Sorry to cut you off because I know yeah, I'm, no, just, no, no, I'm go just excited about this. What we want to do, we want to do a live stream event yeah. when we sell this thing. We're going to imbue, we're going to pre-imbue each of these cups yep. of knowledge we're gonna write. with knowledge. Huh. Yeah. So if you order during the live stream, yeah. we will make sure your cup has some spooky knowledge. To So when it comes to you, you know you're getting your knowledge and in your cup. And you're definitely going to be able to tell a difference. Oh, yeah. it's Trevor's going to throw something that's knowledge. like... Solid knowledge, mm-hmm. and then I'll just be like, just remember to shake it and bake it. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? There's, there's book smarts and there's street smarts. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're we're like 99% close to locking a date, but we uh, we're looking at early March. Okay, early, early March. March. So in about a month from from release from today's release. Ooh. Early March, we're going to be doing that stream. So yeah, Keep it just in out. time for maybe finals, you can get that thing ordered. Yeah. Start sucking down your own knowledge, get your aces, not a guarantee. Yeah, that that being said, the cafeteria will not be usable that day at right. Task Force HQ. That is where the production will be going down. Under construction. So uh, bring your own lunch. Absolutely. Yeah. As with every other day of the year. True. Is there, don't tell me, just surprise me, but you know, we'll see. Is there some kind of like, is there... Any type of like story or mystery that's like a haunting in space. I love where your head's at. Ghosts in space. Like either ghosts in space, like space mysteries, just you know, I'm um, down. You didn't want me to answer, don't but, answer. But I mean I but, can I can give you a vague yeah. Okay. I'll take a vague yeah. Cause that just sounds dope. You're in you're in a, a, the right realm. Okay. All right. So today's episode, we okay, so we're in the land of heft. Today is going to be a bit of a valley. And I don't mean that emotionally. Oh. Because we're always on the up and up. Yeah. 
But today's episode, this story is a little bit, I don't want to say thinner. I think that disservices the story that we're going to talk about. But I think this episode is surrounded by such hefty ones. Like next week, I got another hefty one. Yeah, the last two, we had MK Ultra, and yeah. that was a great one. Um, but they were... Stephen Kubaki, which was a shorter outline, but man, we talked. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of... Not well, Kubaki. Uh, derailed too far, but there's so many... Probably, I say, a good 30% of the episodes where Christian goes, this is going to be a shorter one. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's not. I really need to stop saying that. Yeah, you point. do. We, we curse ourselves with this. Just and, well, since you've said that, I mean, we got a nice short one here for you today. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, we'll see. Trevor said it this time, not me. So yeah. We'll I want that on the record. But something, something light, you know what I mean? Well, we tried we've been, to. We, we've we tried been to heavy in. the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's a lot of details. Sometimes there's a lot of curiosities and questions that we just yeah. like dissect and look into in the mm-hmm. episode. But this one is definitely a little bit of a shorter one because we want to make sure that we give our researchers a little break. They've been doing a lot of work to research. Again, like I said, next week, I'm very excited about next week's episode. It's one of my one? top faves. Oh. Yeah. It's really going to, ooh, I, I want to tease it so bad, but I don't, don't want you to know anything about it. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, that's one that like I kind of threw out there as it's one of my like just kind of personal faves. So okay. I'm, I'm excited for it. We'll but look forward to that task force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with all that discussed, let's let's go ahead and dive in to the haunting of Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Before we get into the park itself, I think it's important that we go almost 200 years back in history to talk about this. Because at the end of the day, yes, we're going to talk about a park. But I think, and I'm going to kind of play my hand here because there's a theory that I have okay. personally. You got magic? That this land that this amusement park is on happens to be just kind of a hotbed for sinister activity of all kinds. So I think it's important that we go way, way back to begin the story of the accidents, the death that has happened on this land. Okay, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you look across, people use like ley lines and stuff. But like, it's, it's weird when you look across the world, United States certainly, there's a lot of places that seemingly... You know, death happens everywhere all the time, all at right. once. But like some spots seem to attract more, I don't know, of like of a dark history, like more violence or more accidents or whatever. This this is oddly one of those areas. Is it just because people caught wind of said area? It could be that stories prevail and so right. suddenly it gets a name for itself in that way. That's a good point. Yeah. But but anyway. But I, I mean, even then. A decent amount have probably had to had happen in order for it to get the name. Probably, yeah. yeah and take traction. Okay. It's like the chicken or the egg situation. Right. But with that said, just kind of setting the table, let's dive all the way back in time to 1775, the Cloverbottom Massacre. Mitchell Clay and his family arrived at what is now Mercer County as the first white settlers in this area. So, of course, we've talked about this history of the Americas quite some time. A lot of friction in play. I, yeah. I think that goes without saying we're not going to get into all of that, but that is the time period that we're talking about. Yep. So Mitchell and his wife, Phoebe, had 14 children. Oh, That's a good amount. Oh, oh, d- damn! In that economy? I don't know. I don't know how the economy was 250 years ago. Well, I guess you kind of like tend to your own land and stuff like that, and you kind of do your right. own thing. Yep. But so Phoebe's popping out babies. Mm-hmm. For decade and a, a half, decade full-time. and a half, yeah, at least. Oh, so the the husband and wife and their fourteen children started a farm on the land near Lake Shawnee, but this land was owned by indigenous groups, 
In August of 1783, so about eight years or so later, Mitchell told his sons, Bartley and Ezekiel, to build a fence on their property. Essentially, they wanted to build a fence around some of the hay that they had built up to keep their free-roaming livestock from getting into it, what have you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the kids are kind of doing their part to right, help they're with gonna the help biz. So at the same time as they are going off to build the fence, Mitchell left with his rifle to go hunting. So you're going to hear some gunshots in the distance. I mentioned that because that does kind of play a part psychologically in what goes down. But regardless, Mitchell left to go hunting and a few of his daughters were in the nearby area washing laundry in the water in the river. Okay. Suddenly, a group of 11 indigenous people believed to be Shawnee attacked the two sons and ended up killing Bartley. The daughters ran to the house after hearing gunshots, which were probably... Right, in, dad hunting. There's a conflation of like things happening at this time, yeah. dad hunting, what have you. So they decide, we're going to run back to the house, but they actually end up running right into that scuffle oh. on the way back to the house. Yeah. So this kind of added fuel to whatever scuffle was happening. And Tabitha, one of the daughters who was doing laundry ended up being killed herself. Oh, Jesus. So two of their children are now unfortunately dead, and Ezekiel was kidnapped in this struggle. Oh, damn. A lot went down. Damn. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, that's just... That's a lot. It's two a lot. children dead, uh, one kidnapped. And that's, that's only just like the quick beginning. I mean, I'm not going to go into the yeah. super details of all of it, but then a neighbor who had kind of seen things going on from nearby came out and then quickly left to report the murder to the police. This person had a conflict. They were basically like the wife Phoebe was saying, hey, please help us. And they're like, no, I'm going to just go get help. Right. So they run off to go tell the police. What are they going to do against what? Like, like 11 people you said? Right. Right. It, yeah, you, not looking good. No, not um, at all. But you, also they don't want to you know, make things even worse by just, I don't yeah. know, you know. So two children down, unfortunately, one kidnapped. Phoebe took the surviving children to the neighbors while Mitchell, like kind of concurrently to Mitchell returning to the house from hunting and seeing that the house was entirely empty. So almost in a fit of rage because of what went down, Mitchell and a party of settlers attacked the indigenous people, killing some of them in the process. Ezekiel was killed during this fight, the one that was kidnapped. The situation oh. became known as the Clay Massacre or the Clover Bottom Massacre. Again, there are a lot of tensions and undertones to this story that yeah. I don't really want to go into. But the point is, this is the beginnings to a lot of the incidents that have happened on this land in history. Yeah, I mean, that in that time period, there's just... There's just a lot of people that aren't thinking and openly and then on top of that a lot of taking of stuff and mm -hmm. so i mean it's just you're just gonna cause it's just easy oh yeah it's just easy yep. to like set it all off and ignite something absolutely at any point in time when tensions are that high all yeah. it takes is you know that as they say the proverbial straw that mm -hmm. breaks the camel's back and things can pop and the thing is like neighbors um on both sides hear this story and then all of a sudden you know, they're going to rally behind their people. Sure. And then now you got just communities ready to pop off. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting, and this is just like kind of a sidebar, as, as I was kind of looking into this story myself, is the neighbor that came over to see if they could help, but then ended up ditching to go get the police. Yep. Their name ended up being besmirched, right? That was the best you could do back in those times to hold accountability to one another. 
is the social pressures that you apply on people. Oh. So it's like, it made me start thinking about that time. And, and as you're saying, the very complicated web of social pressures, what's right and what's wrong and what do people expect from you? And what do you, what do you want to do that is right? Like all that stuff gets very hairy. So I guess since they didn't jump in and well, since they ran off is what it looked like. Yeah, their name is Bespert, uh, yep. Bespert at this point. And I'm like, listen, I'm whatever. Like, I, in, the, in the day of yeah. social media, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I've seen it all, I guess. Exactly. Like, like me but, now, obviously, not having to be in this time period and this situation. I go, all right, I got my land. I got mm -hmm, my family. Mm -hmm. What do I need anything else for? So that is, again, the 250 some odd year old history of this land. Now let's jump to the relevant modern history for the park and give some of the history of the park. Oh. Yeah, so this is 1920s. The the roaring 20s as they said. Right. Okay, so we jumped ahead. Oh yeah. 1926 in fact, businessman Connolly T. Snido purchased the land that we talked about near Lake Shawnee and was reportedly unaware of the land's gruesome history. So Lake Shawnee, since I didn't describe it before, it's a, it's a small lake in what is now called Clover Bottom. Again, Mercer County, West Virginia. Shout out to Mothman. Hey. He's West Virginia, right? Just to make sure. Mothman? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he spreads his wings and he gets around, but it definitely, definitely West V. Anyway, Snido created the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park to attract business from all the local families. In fact, there were coal miners. Uh, it was a very coal mining heavy area. And okay. so a lot of families moved there for the business. And so this person's thinking, well, uh, let's provide entertainment for these coal mining families. And they did quite well accordingly. Oh. Yeah, they, they actually created a small swimming pond. They installed rides. There was a large swing set, one of those ones that goes in a circle. There was a racetrack, a Ferris wheel. There were even cabins on the property that people could stay in if they were coming from out of town. So it, it's kind of like a, an immersive Oh, they amusement really park. built it out. Yeah. Okay. And it's stationary too. It's not like a moving amusement park or anything. Right, right. Oh yeah, not like a, a traveling carnival of yeah. today. Locked in. But but it kind of gives those vibes when I look at some of the pictures. Okay. The park welcomed thousands of visitors, especially during the summer months. During the park's history, unfortunately, and this is why we're talking about it, at least six people passed away at the park. We only know the details of three of these deaths, so we're going to talk about those. But suffice to say, again, the the history of this particular stretch of land continues its track it record. A, yeah, gruesome one. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder, I mean, we'll get into it, but I wonder if it's like, just some, if there's any deaths that don't relate to like a ride. Huh? You know what I mean? This man with the gut check. Because it's stuff. an amusement park. Things do happen. I'm sure like back then they weren't as like, you know, up to code with like safety rules or mm -hmm. just the tech mm -hmm. behind it all. It's like, okay, we built this. It's fun. We kind right. of nail everything down and it's pretty solid. And so I'm, I'm looking for stuff that's outside of rides. Right. Because as you said, you can expect a, a swing set that might not have a right. OSHA certified 2023 sort of certificate. Yeah, it might be a little sketch. I mean, this is what actually, this is nigh 100 years ago. Right. So think about that. And then also flashback to the Luna Park episode we talked about, the fire hazards. Oh, yeah. That the whole thing went up in Australia. Had. Yeah. So good instincts. I feel like we need in some way to have like a a shirt or something, a pin with a stomach, with a flexing arm. Like, do you have the strongest stomach I've ever seen? <laughs> I got, I got a it's got a brain one. and muscles of its own. I could eat anything. I will put that to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to jump ahead again 
to the 1950s because, you know, like I said, there's three deaths that we don't have the details for, but we do have these ones. So sometime in the 1950s, there were two children that drowned on the park's grounds, one in the pond, which was meant for swimming and playing around in. And unfortunately, the other was actually in the lake. This lake was not designed for swimming in. I don't know how this person ended up in the in the water or what have you, but it does show their potentially lack of rules and, and guidelines. Right. I mean, it's a kid. Kids get curious. Oh, yeah. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Unfor unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Terrible stuff. The other one we're going to talk about is said to have come from 1966, though the exact year is unconfirmed. A young girl passed away after a truck bringing in drinks backed into the girl's path while she was on the swing. Yeah. So the swing's kind of going round and round. The truck ends up backing into the whole oh, damn man. thing. I guess she was the first well, to impact because it's right. as they're swinging around. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know? sure it didn't like smash through. I'm sure it yeah. like hit a little bit of it, but in terms of like it, how do you back into that? I I don't know. But again, your your instincts are right. Like they're really not watching themselves. The, the, the guidelines are very yeah, shallow, if at all. Okay. It's also worth noting that the details on that death in particular are pretty murky Fuzzy. to begin with. Yeah. Like it's hard to find records of who this girl was, things like that. So, yeah. you know, how much ha actually happened versus how much has changed over the course of 50, 60 that's, years. That's a really good point. And that's the tough part about these kind of more paranormal, especially the haunting episodes yeah. is like sometimes the stories can be elaborated on by people like there's there's skeptics and there's believers and i find mm -hmm. myself to be a skeptical believer I've, I've found myself to be in both camps depending on the story and the situation but you know regardless if you're a, a deep believer you might be inclined to zhuzh up the story True. Um, and add a little pieces along the way whether you mean to or not I mean, but these, these stories too they're pretty old they also makes me wonder like does it mysteries like kind of like around this time forward is there going to be a lot more information now that everything's so digital and tracked and you know a lot more storage is oh yeah available, widely available absolutely yeah i mean the fact that a car crash can happen in the countryside somewhere random in the world and 90 percent of the time there's a cctv angle of it yeah true everything is true. seen now it's pretty wild but with regards to this girl's passing away the main detail that remains true, to Christian's point, is is the swings. And that will come into play with some of the haunting experiences that we're kind of getting to. But the reason people believe that this is the year, 1966, that the accident happened is because it was after this event, and in 1966 in particular, that Snyder decided to close down the park. After one too many deaths, in, in this case six, they said, you know what, we gotta shut this thing down. I, I can't live with this anymore. Clearly, this keeps happening, whether it be once a decade or what have you. That I mean, any death yeah. is too many. I mean, good on them. Yeah. For the most part, it seemed like the business was very successful financially. Yeah, I mean, and seems so like it's it. like, why shut down your investment in something that's like lucrative? Yeah. But um, yeah, at that point, to to at least try to recoup some of the costs, much of the park's rides were sold off, with some of them simply being left abandoned, too big to move, or nobody wanted them, what have you. That brings us to the 80s. Oh, Again, wow. We're, okay. Yeah. We're jumping up there. So 1985, after a man by the name of Gaylord White acquired the land, he reopened Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Interestingly enough, White also worked at the original park, so he knew what this park looked like in its heyday. Oh, okay. 
I mean, that makes sense. I was like, who the heck's gonna buy, just be like, look, I'm gonna buy this land and reopen this music park and my own image and yeah. my vision. Yeah, some of that previously worked. There. Yeah. What was that movie with uh, Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg where they kind of work at a Adventureland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it'd be kind of like that, except yeah. Adventureland 2 is them 30 years older and them buying that old Bu park yeah. and running it. Now, to complete the park, obviously a lot of things had been sold off. White decided to purchase some of the rides that were no longer there to try to bring it back to as close to the original image as possible. So he went out and bought some swings, bought a Ferris wheel, etc., etc. This is where things start to get a little eerie on the luck side of things. Uh, when he checked the serial numbers on the swings, it turns out that he didn't just get swings that looked like the originals. These were the actual original swings that were sold off back in the 50s. Wherever they went, they came back around, and now we're back at the same amusement park in 85 to be reopened. Oh, that sets up a really solid foundation for like a, a scary story. Mm-hmm. So again, connecting some dots, you might see where the haunting stories are coming from, like but the, the in incident on the swings, it goes off, is the thing haunted? I don't know, but it yeah. comes back and a lot of stories around But he it. was looking for swings that matched the exact he's model. like that so looks that, just like it so that really narrows it it does down. and i don't think this thing and again i I'm, I'm with you it's like the odds feel eerie but this is it looks like it and it's probably also not traveling a whole lot it's no not trading not hands. All. so it could have been in the area and how many big swing sets are in the area kind of True. so i don't know definitely closes the odds a little bit but i thought it was a, a fascinating oh, detail very cool so at this point, the park returned to its former glory, but after only three years, White had to once again close it down due to the high costs of insurance. Modern day, kicking in, oh, trying to protect the so people. Oh, so more people passing away. Well, not so much, but the oh, ongoing costs of insurance- Like for an amusement to park. To protect against that, oh. and to make sure that people would be covered if something happened. Like, you know, even if you Ooh. pay off your car, you have the ever-present car insurance, car insurance, right? Or yeah. house insurance or what have you. Now, it is worth mentioning that the White family still uses the land or used the land for some time. But instead of amusement park activities and things of that nature, they would host fishing tournaments. They attempted to build a track for mud racing, stuff that was a little bit more modernized, but yeah. less kind of like hop on my ride and definitely have liabilities. Yeah. Less things that would bring insurance claims against you. Yeah, yeah. Not that mud racing is super safe, but you know. Now, unfortunately, while trying to dig this track, the mud racing track, they discovered indigenous artifacts. And the more they dug, the more they discovered, they actually started to discover graves belonging to the Shawnee people. White also got help from a local college, Marshall University, to study and verify the objects found on this land to verify the history of these items and figure out which people's this belonged to. I love that. Yeah. You know, we love a good, like, professional being brought in Absolutely. to examine things. Absolutely. Especially when you can get hands-on, yep. figure out exactly what it is. And it is worth reiterating, the history of this land was lost long ago. Uh, the original park owner didn't know about the gruesome history. Yep. Um, and it's I imagine White didn't know either. But... I'll be honest, no matter who the graves belong to, just having property where graves were buried 
is terrifying and eerie yeah, in the first place. It gives me a real yucky feeling. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Hell, it doesn't even have to be humans. Like if I no, if you're I right. was a pet cemetery, it, right? Mm. It, it, there you go. That's exactly where I was that going. Might only almost be if, worse. If I was a dig in my backyard, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of like pet tombstones. Yeah, that still sucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh man. It, it, whew, I, okay, my mind starts to wander into dark corners, but I'll, I'll pull myself back. All right. So he, he enlists the help of the local college, Marshall University, to start to verify what what they're finding here. However. The study ceased when a number of children's graves were discovered. 13 skeletons in total were found before the ceasing of that digging project, and Marshall University researchers estimated that there must have been about 3,000 bodies buried there prior to European settlers arriving in this area. Oh my God. Provide some interesting context now that we know some of the history of this place. How right? did they build a whole amusement park and not even find a single body? That's a good point. You're thinking about the foundations necessary to put down some some yeah, that's uh that's a miss, dude. Damn. That's a miss. That's so many. Yeah. Now, with regards to this body count, they theorized that a bad flu must have been going around at that time. And to save the tribe, the sick were quarantined and the rest left in the 1700s, kind of vacating this area. And so, oh. hence the implied openness of it if you, I, I don't know the the right way to say it but they vacated the the area leaving the sick there maybe the sick passed away what have you and maybe that's why people moved in and so then you have tensions i don't know but regardless that was what was theorized based on what they found Three thousand is just so many that's, people. that's a lot it's a lot of people and it implies a lot of time or like a, a big of, illness yeah i mean it's a lot of time to like bury everyone too mm-hmm so with this in mind, the White family ceased work on building the mud tracks and made no further attempt to change the property, leaving the park as it is. Good on them. They claimed to have always felt there was something paranormal about this location and reopened Lake Shawnee Amusement Park for ghost tours and Halloween events in the 1990s, where it remains open to this day. Again... Oh, you could just go there. Yeah. I guess to again, it's untouched beyond what they had done at that time in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, as but, soon as they discovered they went, leave it as is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting though to make that kind of an attraction, morbid as it is. But I guess people go to graveyards for similar events, right? So, I mean, formerly an amusement park. I get. I mean, it did well. I guess yeah. well enough to have a former employee want to restore its former glory. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's like okay. Now you just, I mean, there was a bit of like, okay, cool. You're respecting the land. You're not going to do anything to it. And then they came back and monetized it. Right. Type of situation. Right. Um, but yeah, I see. Yeah. Either way, they allowed the rides to rust over. The foliage overgrew it. Uh, so, they're really digging into the whole haunted, I um, mean, eerie. I guess so. Yeah, it does I mean, add. It has a real Chernobyl vibe to it when you look at it. Oh. You, when you look at it, you go, there was a lot of energy here at one point and now it's just the opposite yeah right? overgrown it's got that really feel yeah it's just a weird feel, like a vacant feeling to it but the park is essentially abandoned and the owners consider it an amusement park for the dead now so with that said we're going to talk about some of the theories but also indulge in some of the tales of the hauntings of this area before i dive into that here's a few images or here's one image rather I'll show you some more later of what the swing looked like as well as what it looks like now. Oh, so it's one of those swings where like 
it's just got a bunch of chains hanging down holding like yeah. the little seat yep it's like uh, when you look up there's a bunch of it's, it's like a bike tire with a bunch of spokes at the yeah, end of each it is a, spins a and then you just start you know going up at a side angle it's really not much different than what you see today except no, today it's got all. a motor at the bottom to spin right it. this looks very like Oh, there might be a motor down in there. Maybe. Just super oh, overgrown. Just overgrown. Man, then that's... Oh, that's rickety. And it's... That's 20s right there. It's very, like... Would you get on that? No, these look if like... If it operated. These look like thin Ikea poles. Like... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So would you get on it? No. <laughs> I, I don't even get on it at, like, Disneyland. Ooh. Um, I just... I'm afraid of... I have a friend. like, they got, the, and, they got the liability and, Well, insurance. the big thing is motion sickness, so... Oh, yeah. Um, I already barfed in a teacup once. Um... That's a very small volume, unless you're talking about Ms. Potts. She's got oh, no, the spinning tea. She's got some mass. <laughs> the, the spinning teacups. <laughs> Ms. Potts. Mm, mm. Um, no, the spinning teacup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was just being a goober. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this doesn't look safe at all whatsoever. There's something Mortal. beautiful about like human construction being overgrown and taken back by like nature. Yeah. Oh man, that reminds me of the show that was like Life After Us or whatever it's called. Oh yeah. This is what Chicago would look like five weeks, five months, five years. Five centuries after us, and it would like, oh man, that's cool stuff. You see what's still standing, like the concrete and stuff like that, and you yeah. see things like rusted cars. And, yeah. yeah. Ah, taking a little breather again, I see, Task Force. Well, you know, we do it every week. Welcome back to the little gap between the mystery where I get to talk to you about the, uh, the ongoings about Red Web. Right now, we're getting ahead of the game because Valentine's is right around the corner. We've got baby hands cheeked up, looking like Cupid. He likes to cosplay. He likes to wear outfits. And he is on a shirt right now at store.roosterteeth.com. It's an embroidered shirt, so you know it's quality. It's going to last. I love it. He uh, He's very cute, and he's got his butt out first. In fact, I feel like we should have had him shoot his little love arrow by holding it with his butt, like some sort of weird Britain's Got Talent. Did I tell you he was British? He's not. But he could go on the show. I, I I don't know what I'm saying, but the point is, it's in the store now. And as of today, all the way up to Valentine's Day itself at like midnight or something, central time. If you buy the shirt, you will also get the Baby Hands Cupid Valentine's card for free. So if there's a loved one in your life or if you just want to show some self-love for yourself and do something sweet and kind and a little cute. I don't call Baby Hands cute because he doesn't like that. He gets embarrassed, but he is, let's just say it. He's handsome. If you want to get that, it is available in store.roosterteeth.com, as well as a bunch of other Red Web merch that you can get to support the show. We've got the parka. As of the recording of this, we have a few left. We finally reordered it after like two and a half years. It's like an oversized parka. It's black. It's got the red embroidered Task Force logo on the side. It's got the pin on it and everything. It might be sold out by the time you hear this, but there are a few left. Go check it out. It's super nice. And it will be the last time we refresh it. So I hope you get your hands on one if you've wanted one. It is there. Once again, store.roosterteeth.com. Support the show and uh, show that Task Force pride no matter where you go. And thank you. I, I say this almost every episode now, but uh, you know I mean it. Thank you all so much for reviewing the show, no matter where you listen to, whatever platform you prefer. Spotify, roosterteeth.com. We also have that. I want to give that a shout out. Uh, Google Play, uh, Apple Store, wherever. I guess it's iTunes, or maybe it's maybe it's Apple Music, or maybe it's podcast. Whatever they call it over there, okay? 
Tim Cook. Get it, get it figured out. Okay. It's not my fault. My brain is still stuck in 2003 and the iPhone just came out. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and blame you on this one, but it means a lot. It does bolster this show in the algorithms and also all the task force members who have been sharing this with their friends, all the other mystery lovers in their life. It really means a lot. The fact that we've seen so many more people listening to this as a group, as a family, what have you. I love the fact that these mysteries that are so intriguing and sometimes dark can bring us all together. And with that said, I want to talk about some of today's fantastic sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. When we're doing great, it feels like we can truly tackle the world. No obstacle feels too big, but other times life can get bogged down and feel pretty overwhelming. That's where working with a therapist can absolutely help. It can help you get closer to the best version of you so you're ready to tackle everything that life throws your way. And if you're already thinking of trying therapy, BetterHelp is a fantastic option. First of all, it's 100% online, so it's convenient. No need to stress about traffic and getting to an appointment on time, especially if you have to traverse across the town and back and forth and get home. And it, You don't want to zigzag your life across the city. Plus, BetterHelp is affordable and flexible. All you've got to do is fill out a quick questionnaire on their website, and BetterHelp matches you with a licensed therapist. And if it's not a fit for you, you can always switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. That is the biggest part of therapy is finding the right person and they make it so, so convenient. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you work on the things that get you to the best version of you. Visit betterhelp.com slash redweb today to get 10% off your first month. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Rocket Money. It really feels like everything is a subscription service now, and that means a lot of us are paying for subscriptions we don't even remember we have. But with Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one convenient place. Over 80% of the people out there, task force, that might include you, have subscriptions that they have forgotten about. Rocket Money quickly and easily identifies your subscriptions and puts them all right in front of you so you know what you got, you know what you're paying for, and you want to make sure that uh, that's the stuff that you're still using. And all you have to do is find their subscription. If you don't want it, press cancel, and Rocket Money cancels it for you. I love that. They've saved the average person up to $720 a year, which is a good chunk of change if you're trying to save up. Now, if you've heard us talk about this before, you know that Alfredo has used this in his life. He really enjoys the fact that this all comes together in one convenient spot. I've looked into the app myself as well, and I love the convenience of them canceling the subscriptions for me because I don't like having all of these floating things out there, the things that I have to pay for all the time, whether it be bills or subscriptions or whatever. I love that it compiles it all in one spot, all my cards, all my finances, and it makes it very easy to digest. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash redweb. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash redweb. And for the third time, because I want to make sure you get it, rocketmoney.com slash redweb. Save some cash. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Babbel. One of the most exciting things about the new year is a sense of possibility that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you, like traveling or starting a new job. And there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. 
With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. You can choose from 14 different languages, and their speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and your accent, which is super important if you want to uh, really imbibe the culture of the language. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, while Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts, and they're voiced by real native speakers, not computers, which again is super important if you want to understand the mechanics of the language and properly employ it. I really enjoy this app because it almost gamifies the way that you learn a language. And if you've listened to this show, you know I love language. I love where it comes from. I love the sounds of it, how it's structured. And so having an app like this makes it super easy to either dabble in totally different types of languages or actually sit down and try to actually learn a new language. I, I use this to keep up on some of the stuff that I studied back in school, like Spanish or French. And every now and then, like my significant other, is uh, studying Japanese. And it's so fascinating to be able to indulge in all these different languages in a fun and digestible way. Once again, it's like 10 minutes per lesson. Very fun and easy. How do you not have 10 minutes a day? Right now, if that interests you, you can get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash redweb. Again, that's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash redweb for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. And with that said, let's dive right back into the mystery. All right, so let's talk about, again, a conflation between kind of the theories, but also some of the stories of the hauntings. Now, because of the number of deaths on this land and the long-storied yet dark history of it all, as well as the fact that indigenous peoples were found buried on this site, that it was likely to be a burial ground. Because of this, a lot of people came to the table to say, perhaps this land is just haunted, a long haunted hotspot, or even cursed in some regard. Depends on your belief system, but either way, I do think that this is a hotbed for activity or just people like once you notice it you see it more like everyone's got my red civic yeah yeah you know yeah that, that's definitely a thing that happens when you buy a car yeah all, you, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere yeah either way that's definitely one of the theories is that it's just straight up haunted and it, it attracts that kind I mean, of action or activity. it just puts everyone into like I don't know. It just plants a seed in everyone's mind. I think right? I think you might be right. It primes them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get primed in that sense of just like, oh, there's 3,000 bodies. And, and and so you kind of just get into that headspace. And part of being in that headspace is looking for those things. Yeah. But I will say, to counter my own kind of thought on that matter, it is tough to say. You can't really be primed when Didn't know kids about it. start dying at the amusement park. Now, you could say it's because of poor regulation or safety measures or what have you, but I don't know. Like, it's not just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is, it is, there is some oddness to it. Also, I guess it was just kids that passed away, right? It's a lot of three that we don't know. It's a lot of kids, but then, yeah, some adults in like that old, old story, but, okay. but in more modern history, yeah, mostly kids. Many people come from all around the world, actually, to come catch some form of paranormal experience here at this park. And, it, and again, it's said to be one of the most haunted places in the United States. They they tout themselves as the most haunted park or theme park in some sense. And I could believe it. I mean, I don't I don't really know a bigger park like Universal or Disney's probably not going to claim that title. No, no, not at all. In fact, I feel like that might deter a lot of business if you're an active park. So of all the abandoned parks, it 
probably is the well, most paranormally active. Yeah, I mean, you, you got a couple of things going for you. Uh, it's abandoned, and then the history. Mm -hmm. So the White family, the folks that own this land, ask visitors to bring an offering to pay respects for the many people who have passed on this land, if they're going to come here, especially if they're going to come here to indulge in the paranormal activity or try to stoke it in some way. The swing set that we talked about is said to be one of the hot spots on this property for paranormal activity, and a red ribbon is tied around the swing that the little girl was said to have passed away on. I mean, it does seem like, you know, kind of jazz it up a bit. Sure. You lean know. into it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you that's lean their into business it, now. and that's, that's the business that they have. I mean, at this point, you know, if it is haunted, it could be a number of things, right? It could be the... 3,000 people that die there or the kids at that point, right? Like Certainly. Yeah. Un, it, there's a lot of, and, and this is actually an interesting episode topic in and of itself, you know, what goes into the making of a ghost? What, like, why does one person's passing tend to create some level of activity or some, some level of presence, whereas right. somebody else's may not, right? And a lot of people just kind of with my experience on hearing stories like that a lot of people say like untimely death or really energetic moments in some regard emotionally energetic or high level activity or again untimely you know accidents stuff like that but yeah i mean with regards to the park and even the history all very untimely all very emotionally heightened and in, in many different ways so with that said like it could stand to reason that yeah maybe it is the kids that had their unfortunate end or or if everyone becomes a ghost, yeah, you are in a graveyard, essentially. So the estimated upward of 3,000 spirits could be, you know, attached to this this area. I mean, if there's a place for activity, that would be it. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's, there's a reason why graveyards are hot spots for in general. enthusiasts to go kind mm -hmm. of chill on Halloween and like just kind of respectfully engage any spirits that might be. Yeah, there is like a like a niche group of people that love or infatuated with graveyards. Oh, yeah. That place is terrifying. What was that episode we did where, was it Graveyard? The Graveyard. Uh, oh, grave robbing, grave robbing for, for morons. For morons. I didn't know if it was for dummies like the book. Or, but yeah, yeah, it reminds me kind of of that, uh, which that obviously yeah, the guy, crosses the line. Yeah, like, robbed graves whew. and then shot video footage of it. Yeah, the heebie-jeebies. Oh, yeah. man. Was it real? Was it not? I don't know. But viral video. Anyway, totally different episode we covered. Go check it out. But coming back to this swing for a second, it's believed that the little girl sticks around the swing set rather than moving throughout the park, which is kind of the M.O. for certain spirits. They yeah, tend to stick around the same area. Mm -hmm, the residual energy of whatever happened, like they're kind of locked into wherever that might have happened. Man, it's just like questions of like intricate details that I just wish I knew the answers to. Like, what if you move the swing set? Ooh, see, that's the thing. You know, people have seen this swing set move on its own and that specific swing set move on its own. Just like the one that is said to be hers. Yeah. But talking about like, what if you just take that whole entire swing set? Oh, I see what you're saying. Location. Oh, you move the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Do they go with the swing set? If not, so are they just tied to a certain radius where right. the swing set once was? Right. Because then you have some Casey Affleck ghost story situation where 
he's like in that house. Uh, it's super artsy. Oh, uh, where he's like, like in the house, and then yeah. the house gets demolished, and he's on yep. the land, and then suddenly, he gets rebuilt. Yeah, then yeah, in, in the far then, future, he's just a spirit kind of looking out the window right. of this high rise. Because then I don't know what if they build a spaceship on that. And oh my he, god! Could you detach and then go to space. Like, what could, if they build three floors? Like, could you go to the third floor? What or if like, we if we were a trillion dollar company, we're gonna IPO, we're gonna become a publicly traded red web whatever right, ticker right, right, right. RW. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to invest in ghost rockets. Okay. We're going to go to haunted spots. We're going to move the thing that they're attached to, or just put the attached thing. This, we're going to put yeah. this whole swing set soil, in a rocket in there, and send it. Break down the swing set, put it in the rocket. We're going to exercise this planet. Like you need <laughs> to exercise a ghost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not only are we going to do that, we yeah. do one better. Yep. Give you peace of mind. Hit him it's with not it. going to haunt anyone anywhere. Never. Send that ghost to space. Absolutely. We okay. Will. Mm hmm. We're going to fire back all those UFOs and UAPs we got seeing up there. That's right. It's their problem go, now. Go ahead, UFO. Scoop up another one of our shuttles or rockets. Right. Yeah. All Open you up want. that can of ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it coming. Ghouls. Um, oh, man. Okay. Write that down, Christian. I like that idea. Oh, yeah. Pentagon is on the line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, straight to the, the top. red flag line. It's the red flag line. They go, guys, they've name dropped us again. Like, we, gotta, we gotta, gotta just gotta ignore these people. Just one pass. of these days they'll pick up though. Yeah. yeah. They do. So let's okay, I'll, I'll bring us back to the swing set, back down to Earth. White has said that as as I kind of hinted at, the, the swings sometimes move on their own, and it's even said that sometimes when there's no wind blowing, this one particular swing moves. There was a blog named Road Unraveled. They actually reported that it seems that the girl appears to prefer a specific swing. The one with, I'm not making this up, one with an owl figurine hanging overhead, which is said to move around wildly even when there's no wind present and then suddenly stops in place. So it'd be like moving around and then stops when, oh. when people see it. And uh, Task Force, if you've been around the block, you know owls are the harbinger. Of evil. Yeah. So. Trevor's going to add that to his list of yeah, yeah, theories. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have another PowerPoint battle and it'll all come out. You're going to come up with another creature that's evil, you know, Catfish 2 oh, and Owl Part catfish, 2. Man. Oh. Yeah, 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 man. Let's talk about White's son, Gaylord White II. He told Travel Channel, quote, Sometimes the seat will start moving underneath your hand until you feel a cold air blowing through the seat. And when you get to the middle, you feel something warm and we believe that's her spirit. Here's oh. a, another picture, by the way. Get it. I was about to say, is it, is it just her going? Well, you know, people say that uh, spirits draw on the energy around you, the whether atmosphere. it be lights or batteries or the temperature is just a form of energy. And so the coldness is said to be a ghost pulling energy so it can materialize and interact with things. Mm. Much like I pull energy from McDonald's. Um, it's true. Not a sponsor, but they could be. But we are going to start that here. Um, <laughs> no more free mentions, Mister Ronald. If you want to, but come if, you, back if you'd like to put your burgers in in mm -hmm. the Red Web at roosterteeth.com. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm sure Task Force members wouldn't mind right, right, to have right, that right, in the right, kitchen, right? But yeah, it's what's weird to me that stands out on this ghost story is the warmth that they feel when they sit down or like kind of enter that spot. They feel like the warmth, and they say that that's her spirit. Yeah. Not often do you hear warmth being associated with spirits, but I do find that fascinating. It's not totally unique, but mm -hmm. it's not as common as the coldness. I'm surprised to not hear of more deaths. 
That's true. I mean, like they just haven't been well documented. The ones we do know about are already a little flimsy. Or even, they, or even stay. just after, like oh, now that it's gotcha. a current of haunted amusement. Like, well, I'm grateful. Right, very grateful. Let's just hope you didn't just curse um, the land a little bit more with those words. You, you struck them with bad luck, and now um, they're gonna. I don't have that power yet. Um, <laughs> he's working on it. <laughs> well, let's. I want to come back to this little girl for a second because. Other people don't just feel the coldness of her. Others have claimed, in fact, the son here, White Jr., has said that he's seen the little girl on the property and that she's actually, like, covered in blood. When he reported feeling a weight on his shoulders one time, actually, he was driving the tractor around the property and he felt, like, the pressure as if she was riding on his shoulders oh. on this tractor and or or like she was touching his shoulder in some way people are just um, cool with that that's oh that's god wild. no i don't think he was cool with it either because he said he turned around and saw the little girl right there oh in a ruffled god. dress with some blood on her right blood oh god heebie-jeebies he thought that she might like the tractor maybe so he kind of just backs away and left the tractor untouched where he interacted with her. I think he just left it there permanently, oh, Christian. Oh, like permanently? From what we could tell, yeah, that's permanently, what it sounded like. That or at least he left it there for a little bit so that she could kind of have that as like, her. Oh, like the tractor to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if a ghost just started I don't know, if I felt pressure on my shoulder and hey, maybe we'll see this if we if we do another ghost hunt. I felt pressure. But on, if I uh, feel pressure, I'm just swinging wildly, so just don't I, I'm glad I don't have your instincts. You would have been clocked. But like when we were in Penhurst <laughs> last October, go check out the video. YouTube.com slash RedWebPod. There was a time, I think I interrupted you because I yeah. was just so yep. surprised. Like right here on my arm, it was like someone pretty vividly, like with a fingertip, just po like poked into me or poked me. Man. And I was like, Ugh. Oh, well, like I'm happy that I haven't experienced anything. Mm -hmm. um, I just. But you saw some I, stuff when we went back over our footage in case files task force saw some stuff we didn't see oh yeah everyone time coded it and we went through the footage you look saw, so you saw some stuff after but was, maybe not during it's the way the infrared refracted off the lens christian had yards and miles of fishing line in there right yeah, right well, i hope right. Just shut up Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> just just tell me it was something practical <laughs> But yeah, okay, so let's get back to some of the stories. Visitors have heard footsteps, voices, often said to be that of children throughout the abandoned park. Some have claimed that they even heard singing or chanting throughout the park while there. Others have claimed that one of the boys who drowned can be seen all around the park, but mostly near the entrance, which I have a photo of. And it's believed that perhaps he's welcoming visitors. An ominous sight, to be sure. I don't want uh, Friendly a spirit ghost welcoming. Casper's out here. Unless I'm 95 and ready to go, I don't know if I want a spirit welcoming me anywhere. Yeah. If I, was, if I was 95 ready to go, I wouldn't walk into a place like this. Mm -hmm. in, in fear of just being overly cautious. I don't oh, getting get, gridlocked. I, I don't want to get trapped there. I don't want to get trapped. There. That fear, like, that's like a super silly, maybe that's an innate fear, like a spiritual fear that I think humans share. Mm -hmm. But man, watching uh, American Horror Story, I think it was season one with the Haunted oh, Murder House. House. Murder House. Yeah. Just like the idea of like, drag me off the property. I don't want to be here. Or that or the hotel, season four or five. Yep. Similar concept. Yeah, I don't like that idea. Yeah, I want to move on to whatever's next. Vampires and Gaga was in that, I think. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, a conflation of a lot of interesting topics. I, I really enjoyed that one. So near the lake, a white pinwheel sits on a ticket booth. And some say that the boy plays with that. It speeds up. It slows down. It stops suddenly. I think that's the biggest 
intrigue to me, especially right. if there's wind in play. But one of the investigators actually from Discovery Channel got locked in said ticket booth, oh. though the booth didn't have a lock. So they oh. were unable to undo the latch and get out as if a, a, potentially this child, this boy, was holding the door closed. It was a strong door. boy. Strong boy. Par holding paranormal the... strength. I guess they would have to. I mean, I mean, like in all honesty, yeah. though, that's a child ghost. Ghoul. They'd have to, yeah, child ghoul. They'd have to have some type of paranormal buff at that point. Maybe. Because how are they going to hold it shut against a grown man? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, look, science, Ooh. not science, tells me that there's some kind of buff that this child has got. There's, here, I got a potential okay. theory for you right here. This, this child's buff might have been a man. Because. What? Yeah. Many visitors have seen a man on the Ferris wheel. So that I don't like. I'm just clicking some things together. Maybe uh, maybe the boy enlisted this uh, gentleman ghost to come over and keep the door closed. Okay. I Never don't know. I'm just, I'm just there aren't attributes that are being buffed as a, I mean, I never thought about that, right? Like there's a lot of things that you can't do if you're a ghost, but what are things that you can do? That is a thing that's just kind of generally said in some, you know, communities i guess regarding ghosts mm -hmm. and like spiritualism is that yeah ghosts do have enhanced strength or enhanced abilities then that's uh stronger than they would have had in life it's i guess one of those kind of you're late like you're not limited by the physicality of your body perhaps exactly. you're just yeah. you're just a ball of energy as it were yeah hmm. i don't know the details on where that whole like uh, belief is kind of originated but yeah. it's just one of those yeah. those things you hear when discussing ghosts with some yeah people. what if like one of the major things of, like in terms of like traits of a ghost just wasn't true like we all became ghosts right here and now and then we just walked into the wall and we didn't go through oh it. you just bang your head yeah. now you got a ghost it's like bruise. oh that's not a thing like Dang. i'm a ghost and i can't even like phase through things and then and then when you turn around there's a ghost like listen i've been dead for a week and they limp in the room and you're like yeah i tried the same <laughs> yeah. thing i ran full steam at that wall banged my knee and you still got the same healing phase you know it's just it's just they don't see it now it's like if, my, if i'm a ghost i don't want to do mundane things like open and close doors <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i'm a ghost now but then I'll again, backflips and fly exactly and do cool cool stuff <laughs> ghoulish things um <laughs> With but my I, cool friends. But I guess, like, it's it'd probably be true because then you see a lot of doors opening and closing. Sure. <laughs> there, there's Fredo testing the afterlife. Right. <laughs> Check this out. Dang, that's a door. Woo! But either way, coming back to that, like, the, the person was pushing on the door despite it being a push door, and it wasn't opening. And so they had left, like, no other recourse but to call for help. And so, you know, it is TV, but it's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. to kind of wrap us out, Gaylord White the First and the Second have since passed, and now the park is run by White's wife and other son, Chris. Jewel told the Register Herald that uh, the security footage that they have on site, in fact, shows the Ferris wheel safety bar being fastened by itself in the middle of the night, as if what? some sort of activity, some sort of paranormal form is showing up and clicking the belt into place like somebody's riding it. And that is a common occurrence with hauntings that the spirit acts in the environment as if it is still that right. time. Right, they're and still place. in that moment. Yeah, like there's to a be even more there's, exact. Yeah, like there's a hotel downtown, a historic one, the Driscoll. If you mm -hmm. ever come to Austin, Texas, and one of the spirits there is said to be 
moving flowers from the concierge desk over to a different desk in the front area because those desks have always kind of been in that area, but yeah. they have different purposes. Mm -hmm. And so, again, those flowers don't exist, but at that time they kind of did. So it's so cool to think about maybe time folding back on itself and creating these residual images. And and so maybe the security footage, whether it's seeing the ghost interact with today or he, the security footage is just showing what right. happened then, it's just some normal action taking place yeah. by itself. It's so interesting. But also, I wonder if it's like if you're conscious of that, because then that could also just be mind-numbing. Or you just replay yeah. that exact thing. Yeah. But then that opens up the floodgate to like, okay, like if I was to pass away and be like a residual like image that replays over and over again, I hope it's something cool. Like me getting like a 5K and like a shooter or something like that. Uh, like an FPS game. Mm -hmm. As opposed to I like... I come home and my, my Rainbow Six... Uh, rank is way high and yeah. like, my mouse is moving itself. <laughs> and, and I like, feel your cold yeah. hand on mine. And we're gaming together and you're like, again. Man, I got it. But like, imagine if the 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 flip side, if your residual image is just walking into a big room, going, huh, and then just do it over and over and over again. <laughs> oh god, just like the most like <laughs> mundane thing, like the worst your... poltergeist. <laughs> because like I don't know, a, a piano dropped on you or something like that. Yeah, so that's just the the replay you have over and over again. You go walking in, yeah, huh. Well, huh. <laughs> I think, and this is the last little story we have, but what's interesting about, and I kind of riffed yeah. on the idea of history here, but what's interesting about this particular story, because it does come from Mrs. White, is that she said Gaylord I had always been particular about making sure that the safety bar was locked on the Ferris wheel. So she believes that maybe oh. his spirit is now also on these grounds and that seeing the lock being done by itself on the security footage could be her son continuing to visit the park. Right. I'm assuming that's a cool little like theory. Um, it's touching, right? Right. You know, it it's, is. It's, right. It's a you want to gesture, you know, you want to believe that the haunted place that you're running is more heartwarming than, yeah. than terrifying. Right. I will say that he probably passed away. Like elsewhere elsewhere yeah i mean it, it's also uh oh man i'm i'm missing it now i'm his name is on the tip of my tongue but he was a an old gangster mobster guy and uh you know he was an alcatraz and capone yes capone, it might be capone but that's a good example of an individual who passed away obviously in one spot yeah but they are said to haunt multiple spots right Damn. such as his cell in alcatraz his home other places that he's been in prison before so the question is like, are people pulling on that, whether it be for tourism or what have you? True. Or is it that spirits kind of the, like whatever spot was important to them consciously right. during they, their life, they kind of gravitate to? Yeah. Or is it that maybe when you think of like your timeline as a four dimensional blob, it kind of just when it crosses over with this plane of existence, it just, you just, I don't know. Like there's a lot of ways to kind of think about yeah. it. Yeah. It, you can get very scientific with yeah. it or, or just get very heavy into the theories. Mm -hmm. But I'm just hoping that if there is like a image that replays over and over again, that it's not just something like me on the toilet or something. You know Ooh, what I mean? Yeah, that would be bad. Like to just relive. Oh, a ghost whiff. Like, oh. Just relive that poop Ooh. over and over again. Or like stubbing your toe. Yeah, like yeah. something like that. We're just like, oh. Oh, maybe that's what the ghostly whales are. Like, Ooh. like oh, that sounds like a stub toe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you always think about, like, 
the the scary stuff or yeah. maybe the cooler stuff, but like what's the mundane things that right. you get stuck doing over and over and mm -hmm. over again? Yeah. Ooh, that that sounds like afterlife torture. Yeah. I would hate that. Uh, yeah. Well, that has been the haunting of Lake Shawnee amusement park. Would you go on these rides? Would you visit it in its heyday? Would you visit it now? No. Okay. Well, there you have it. The groundbreaking and surprising answer. <laughs> no, uh, it's man. This is this is really interesting. It's this particular case had me. I'll be honest. You know, I, I do fall in the very middle of the spectrum of skeptic and believer. Yeah. This one had me leaning a little more skeptic, but I, I do think it at least tickles my intrigue on the hotspot idea. Right. And how it's an amusement park. Yeah. And how like one's life in the past maybe can impress upon that same area in the future. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a very like light touch kind of yeah. like haunting. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, like I sit in the camp of being a skeptic. So for yeah, me, but I, man, I, I you really, get, you get, you know, fearful. Well, well, Where's that fear here's, come because from? Here's the thing. I'm not going to like tempt it. You right. Know so that's mean? why you sit in the middle too. I think we sit in the middle for different reasons. You're like, yeah. ah, I'm skeptic, but I don't want to mess with it. And yeah. I go, man, I'm super fascinated by it, but I can't fully bring myself to believe all of it. Right. That, so like, we're tempted. I mean, there's the, a reason uh, why I still haven't been up to my attic yet. Oh, I'll go in there. I'll clean it out. Perfect. I yeah. will do it. And if I see a box of old tapes, <laughs> don't open it. I'm gonna start don't playing them. Open it. Watching through some old films. Ooh, uh, oh, what's that ghoul in the background? The ghoul. The, oh, right. The sinister. The, you watched that movie recently? Demon? That is very scary. I mean, I don't know people if I, did a poll. It's considered to be one of the scariest movies ever. Yeah, really. It feels sinister? like it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. It's pretty. Ethan Hawke, man. That's oh, before his like. Good one, that's yeah. before it's, his like current wave. Like that was at the front of his now like modern wave of coming back yeah so good that guy very very good yeah so this one i mean i, I still stayed strongly in the camp yeah. of being a skeptic for sure i was surprised that it was less so um the haunting of you know with like three thousand bodies there and yeah. more so more of the modern ish with the kids and stuff like that i think that does play into my skepticism where as you said you know Why people are kids and you're keying in on the stories you know mm -hmm. um but also but if yeah. it was like the grounds right mm -hmm. and all those bodies and everything like that is what caused the kids to pass away then why would it stop with the kids it's a great point why would it not continue you got plenty of time um yeah. Watch your step, man. I you're just speak not you. I'm talking task force. If you go to Lake Shawnee Amusement Park for any sort of paranormal, watch your step. Fredo's putting some vibes in the air. I'm not putting like, no vibes. You, you're you predict things though. And now now you got me nervous for the <laughs> for any future visitors. <laughs> I, I just, mean like news today is uh Small boy falls into lake and never comes back up. If, like, if, oh no! If that was to happen anytime <laughs> you did it. soon. I had I need to stop being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your gut instinct. It comes in handy, and then I, and then then you then you, then you scare me a little bit. Okay, uh, this has been Red Web, Fredo. I'll see you right back here next week for another mystery. Bye, everyone. <laughs>